Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking strictly football because NBA's got COVID. We don't talk NHL. They got COVID. And uh, I'm pretty sure baseball is still not working. So big NFL episode here. We're going to talk about the fourth down Uh, Going for it on fourth down and the decision making by some of these coaches that are costing them games and potentially a playoff spot. How do some of these fucking football teams have such bad quarterbacks playing on Sunday? And then will Aaron Rodgers actually leave the Green Bay Packers talking about him potentially going to a couple destinations compared to Green Bay? And then, of course, we got to recap our pitcher bet, even though it's not even over yet because we have Tuesday football and then previewing the AFC and NFC playoff picture as we stand today. But first, run the music. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, co-host Matt Morris, getting ready for his trip to the frozen tundra of Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Yeah, I, uh, taking a little trip back to home for Christmas. Yeah. I am a uh, week one fantasy playoff victor. Uh, shout out to, to Dylan. His team uh, performed <laughs> probably the worst they did all season. And Dylan, I am so sorry. Uh, if I was going to be okay losing to anyone, it was definitely going to be you. Um, it was a little bit of a stressful week, but uh, after Taylor did what he did on Saturday night, it was I felt pretty good. And yeah. uh, you know when his running backs are putting up like four points, I felt even extra better. So <laughs> Dylan, man, great season. Your roster was fantastic. But yeah. uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, he's a beast. Yeah, Dylan did do a pretty good job trading and making some strategic mm-hmm. moves. But honestly, for a lot of people um, in that league, the league we play together in, the league I care the most about with all our best friends, um, I'm just fighting not to pay league fees in last place. And I actually might win. I played MVS this weekend, and it actually worked out really well. My team has just been in shambles all year. But it's been it was a pretty rough weekend for really good fantasy players all all year um some played really really well like jt and travis kelsey thursday night but guys like me you know i had cordero patterson had his worst game of the season uh justin jefferson jefferson caught a touchdown tonight but didn't play that great Devonte caught a touchdown but nothing you know to really put you over the edge and then you know an injury here COVID there and next thing you know i mean i'm up like 15 points but i'm playing against cooper cup tomorrow so i'm I'm pretty much fucked you know what i mean (laughs) so it was a really interesting week for fantasy and it always sucks you know when you see really really good players like you know even i know eckler had a had a pretty good game but like Najee harris good example right yeah fucking carried you all season chris godwin mike evans tom brady carried you just to lay an egg like there's nothing worse than that in fantasy Honestly, um, obviously, been there. We've been playing fantasy for fucking ever. Um, it just is what it is, man. And some people got burned and burned bad this weekend. Well, and it's funny. This was, at least from like my perspective, this was the weekend of the tight end. And if you look at the yeah. season as a whole, the tight end position has kind of been a wash this season, right? Yeah. Waller's been hurt most of the year. Kittle was hurt, right? When he's in, he's playing well. Uh, Mark Andrews had a huge explosive game. I think he put up a 30 spot in Probably. PPR. 
Uh, Kelsey had a big game. So it kind of goes to show you again, like you look all the way back on the draft and you look towards the next year and it's like, well, you can't expect week one of the fantasy playoffs every year to have a big tight end game. Right. But you also had Hunter Henry out there score two touchdowns, I think Played 50, against 60 yards, yep. right? Like, so the tight end position definitely performed this week and uh, it was to the benefit of a lot of people. And like your cousin alone, if he wins, it'll be because of what Kelsey did for him. Yep his first round pick, right? He takes Kelsey. I laugh at him and think, God, what an <laughs> idiot. Like who's taking Travis Kelsey when, you know, there are some, there are 14 Aaron Joneses on the board and, you know, you got Diggs on the board and Hopkins is on the board. Well, you got past the first week if he does. So, uh, fantasy is always just a heartbreak. <laughs> and honestly it is playoffs. Yeah. It's who's lucky, man. Najee was what? 11 carries for 16 yards or something crazy like just, that. It was pathetic. Just a horrible game. And he's played on yeah. a bad team all season and he got exposed, right? Yeah. Like, you get fucking bit, yep. man. It really sucks. This two years in a row, bad. Jefferson had a pretty rough playoff performance, man. Um, mm. I was so hyped for the game tonight. I thought he was going to go off. And, you know, he played fine. But, I mean, full point PPR has been getting me 30, 40, you know, 25 points. And <clears throat> I needed it playing against Cup, dude. I'm fucked. <laughs> well, and I think... It- what I was seeing was, you know, a kind of a smaller example and sample size of what we saw with AB and Juju. Uh, Thielen wasn't out there for the Vikings. Now, right. I think Jefferson is light years ahead of Juju Smith. You know, right. we all know how I feel about Juju. Ugh. Um, but I, I think when you take away Thielen, who is a very, very good wide receiver, it puts more pressure on Jefferson. There's more coverage options, right? right. Like, this is what happens when it's him and kelly Ubre or kelly, kelly K- Ubre. kj osborne yeah. <laughs> whoever his number two is yeah um you know it's it's harder yeah kelly Ubre, i hope is not playing wide receiver nah. if anything he should probably he's an athlete, be tight end he's yeah. also he also looks like he belongs in a frankenstein movie <laughs> sorry kelly oh uh, man no for sure and same with Devonte, right like during the yeah. packer game i mean if you've been on social media or watched the game you could they've lined up two guys on him the whole game I've never seen some shit like that before, except for honestly, Calvin Johnson was the last guy. Um, I saw literally two guys lined up every time. It was unbelievable to see. Um, And the fact that he still got six catches for, I think like, I don't know, 55, 60 yards and a touchdown is insane because they, they told the Packers we will let everyone else beat us. And they did. But I mean, that was insane to see even on TV. I'm pointing there. My girlfriend's a massive Ravens fan. I'm a big Packer fan. And I'm like, look at what they're doing to Devontae. This is insane. I've never seen something like this. This is crazy. It was good defense. Why not? Well, and we talked about this off the air. You know, they were playing with practice squad guys out there, you know, fourth and fifth string secondary guys. And if if you're going into that, Harbaugh told this team we're going to win, right? You know, no one believes we're going to win. And the truth is, it's like... No one in the world has any belief you have a chance here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and sure enough, you know, it came down to the end. But, yeah, I think they played played very well. And, you know, that just goes to show you, too, come fantasy playoffs. Like, it really matters to who you're playing. We kind of draft with that mentality, too. Okay, who, who's lining up week 15, 16, right. 17? But, again, with COVID, you have no idea where these teams are going to be. You know, you could have drafted – uh, Baker Mayfield end of the end of the draft thinking, okay, he's got the Raiders. Like they should, he should be able to at least have a good game against the Raiders. Kids got fucking COVID, so, so this COVID thing really did change the way people are uh, are playing their fantasy rosters. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and big upsets like the Lions. So yeah. we'll get to that in a little bit here with um, recapping our pitcher bet. But I mean, we were texting about this. It was pretty much the big hot topic since the Thursday night football game. Is these NFL coaches are wilding out, dude. 
I think the Madden influence on current NFL coaches and NFL culture is here and is real. And I and I'm dead serious about that, man. These coaches don't give a fuck about kicking field goals anymore. And it's costing teams wins. Two, for example, would be the Chargers and the Ravens. Straight up Thursday night, the Chargers left a guaranteed nine points, arguably 12, when they kept going for it on fourth down and wouldn't get it. And they end up losing to the Chiefs in overtime. And it's going to cost them the division. And they're going to have to go on the road during the playoffs with basically a rookie quarterback, a kid who's going to make his first start in the playoffs if they make it. And it's on the coach. And I get Staley goes on the press conference after the game, says it's not a gamble to us. We like the odds in our favor. They've been doing it all year, won a couple games because of it all year. But hey, man, this is costing you fucking massive, massive money and massive seeding in the AFC. The AFC is wide open. You have a shot at the number one seed, the number one seed. And you're blowing a game on Thursday night football. Mahomes ends up with like 7,000 yards, but he wasn't playing good. He looked terrible for three and a half quarters. And all you did was let him stick around. You were too busy thinking, I need touchdowns. I need touchdowns. I need touchdowns. And weren't thinking about, I just need to put some points on the board because Mahomes is struggling and my defense is actually playing well. I couldn't believe what I saw Thursday night. We'll get to the Ravens in a second. But what were your thoughts on the decision making? Well, both teams, um, I'm going to comment on here, the Ravens and the Chargers. Now, before I make my comments, I think back to when Green Bay played Seattle in the playoffs, had that atrocious uh, blowout and, you know, lost the onside kick, all the things that transpired at the end of the game to lose that game. But in the beginning of that game, we kicked field goals, two field goals in particular, where as fans, we look back and said, why didn't you go for it? Right now, I think there's a very different distinction in when you go for it and when you kick field goals. I thought the Packers should have gone for it in that playoff game for the simple fact we were the better offense and why not just start the slaughter? You know, put yourself up 14 points and allow yourself to really control the clock. When you look at the Chargers and you look at the Ravens this week, what I saw from both of those decisions was simple. They didn't feel like they had a chance at winning that game without extra, you know, frosting on top. If the Ravens really believed they could win that game, those three points were huge. They end up actually forcing Aaron Rodgers to drive down the field and kick a field goal with Crosby, right? They don't have to worry about the two-point conversion. We have already got the lead. Chargers, same thing. They did not believe, in my mind, that they were going to beat the Chiefs. He said it in the post-game conference, right? We needed to score touchdowns. No, you take the points that are in front of you and you play the chess game. That's what football is about. Yeah, you've got nine points on the board, as we had talked about before we started recording, that they could have had. There was no drive that Patrick Mahomes could have had to get him 16 points to to tie the game and go overtime. It's already over. So I think it's a big mistake by Staley thinking to himself, hey, we've got to outscore the the Chiefs here. We've got to score touchdowns. No, you take the points, right? You're not the more powerful offense per se. That is the Chiefs. So take, take the three points, take the six points, right? Start building this lead. And it's just a shame because I understand the Ravens' perspective. You've got a backup quarterback out there. Who knows how he's going to perform for four quarters? It is not the same with Justin Herbert. Right. It's not the same with Austin Eckler. Like, you know, you got to take those points. And I, I think ultimately that's a young coaching mistake. And I think we see that from LaFleur a lot too. Sometimes yeah. you just shake your head and say, you know, are these guys not seasoned enough in the NFL to really know what's ahead of them. Thankfully for LaFleur, Rodgers protects him from that criticism. Staley doesn't have a Rodgers. Herbert's great, but he's not Rodgers. So we're seeing it firsthand now from, you know, a young coach that they may not be ready to make some of those calls. And I I bet you Staley learns from this. 
Yeah, I'm sure he learns from it too, but I just don't. So backtracking a second here. So I disagree with you about the Packers in 2014 or whatever that was. I thought they were the better team. They were winning the game the whole time. You take the points. They there's a long list of reasons why they fucked that game up, but I don't think kicking Mm -hmm. field goals was it. That's neither here nor there. Um, the the Chargers not thinking they can beat the Chiefs after they've beaten the Chiefs already is a pussy excuse, in my opinion. They have a team that can compete. They have an offense that can compete and a defense that can, too. I think that's absolute bullshit. If they pull the tape on the game they won, it's because of their defense. It's because, yeah, sure, they scored touchdowns, but they made stops, scored, regardless of whether it was a field goal or a touchdown. So I disagree with that. With the Ravens, I do agree with you because (laughs) they had no shot. Let's be honest. We went into the game. Anybody, not us as Packers fans, just any casual or very you know smart NFL fan thought the Ravens had zero chance, and they did. And mm-hmm. they had an opportunity at the end, and they had an opportunity early. They didn't get it, didn't go for the field goal, and they didn't get it. But what did they have to lose? They were marching up and down the field on the top 10 defense in the NFL, right? That reminds me back, throwing it back to the Packer days of glory Rodgers is when he hits Jeff Janis, right? for that crazy Hail Mary to tie the game against the Cardinals that they have no business winning. They He hit Jeff Janis. If you're not a Packer fan, you don't know who Jeff Janis is, literally. And that was his <laughs> number one receiver on the team that year. That's a reason to go for two. Tyler Huntley goes back-to-back down the field and runs the ball in. That's a reason to go for two. You have the Packers on the ropes. They can't stop you. And the play call, I think, was a fucking bad play call. But I think you have the Packers on the ropes. You hit that two-point conversion. Hell, I think Rodgers goes down. They get the field goal, too. But you give yourself the lead. And when you have no shot, I agree with you. When you have no chance to win, nor the expectation to win, you have to go for it there. You can't risk the coin flip. Because guess what you can risk? The one play, you go into your bag, your best play call, which if that's it, that's another story. But you go in, you call your best play, you go to your best guy, they just didn't execute. So I half agree with you. Well, not only did they not execute, if you watch that last play that the Ravens were going for two against the Packers, he had Hollywood Hollywood. wide open. He did not take his second look. No. He went right to Andrews. And mind you, Andrews was in, I think, a man set with Amos and two-man zone. Was all he, had over him. Th- yeah. he had three guys on him. There was a very slight window. It was a bad throw. But Hollywood literally had, I think, about wide. a yard of, of a separation from his defender. It would have been an easy two. So my question to you is, if you don't agree with the Chargers-Chiefs take that I, I then presented, if yeah. they were not afraid of them, Where's the logic in going for it? I, I, what was it? It, it, it I think they, it's based on their season. If you've watched the Chargers, I've watched a lot of them. That's just what they do. And okay. I don't think it's been working. Like, yeah. you know, they've lost a lot of games they shouldn't have this year. And that's just kind of Brandon Staley's MO. He will go for it on fourth on his own side of the field. Going back to what I opened with. I think Madden is influencing these guys a little bit. These younger mm-hmm. coaches. And I'm not saying he thinks it's Madden. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you think about it, you look at it, you visualize it, you go over enough uh, scenarios and the analytics in your head and you're like, I have a 55% shot at getting this. I have a, I don't know the number, but it's obviously bigger than 50%, right? Well, so I, I, I think it's fucking stupid. 
I like I, I also I also don't understand some of these coaches that don't have the pieces, right? We'll look at Hunley, we'll look at uh Devontae Freeman. For sure. Look at Latavius Murray, like, okay, you have a presence in your backfield right now. Swing that around and go look at the Titans with um was it Foreman? Foreman and uh Hilliard. Yeah. Yeah. Foreman was, I think, five for five on third and ones or four for four on third third and uh, ones. Got hurt, comes back into the game, executes again. Like, hey, if you're going to four down, fourth down with this guy, I get it. He's a right. proven powerhouse. You've got AJ Dillon, same thing. Like, I'm I'm taking my odds all day with those guys. But you look at what the Chargers do on their fourth down conversions <laughs> or lack thereof. Crazy. It's like you don't you don't necessarily have an identity, right? Like it's not run the option with Herbert every single time, check down to the tight end, check down to Eckler, like if you don't have a structure in place that's dominating, why continue to go for it? Yeah. So that's my big question. Same thing with what Harbaugh did. I, I can definitely understand the call if the idea in practice per se was look at your second option if, say, Andrews is blanketed. But again, Hunley's had very little time to practice as the number one right. who's running two-point conversions as a backup quarterback. Like I think it just came down to the fact that like, it wasn't the right call. Yeah. And from a fourth down perspective for the Ravens, like, you know, that was a hell of a football game. Packers right. defense completely imploded. And uh, it just sucks at the end of the game when you when you have to look at the coach and say, hey, you did a great job for four quarters. It was just one singular play that you're going to be remembered for. Yeah. And, you know, two weeks ago, same shit, right? Mm -hmm. Ravens beat the Packers. Ravens beat the Steelers on those two point conversions. They hit. Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh's coach of the year. No question yeah. about it. Zero. There's yeah. zero debate. I personally think he should still. I think he still should be for the AFC if they make the playoffs. But that's a conversation for another podcast. At the end of the day, man, where I'm at, if you're Brandon Staley and you have this much confidence in your team to go for it at all these times, you should have this much confidence that you can go get some points, make a stop, repeat. Rinse, repeat. You can't just be that reckless. After you miss two times in a row, you gotta take some fucking points, man. You have to. You have to. I, well, I think I think that's a fireable offense. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, and I mean, but think about it from a perspective of if we're playing Madden, right? Let's just put that in the hypothesis here. Like, all right, I've missed two in a row now. I have no choice but to capitalize on on this drive, right? I yes. have to I have to get the fourth right. down because I've just fucked my team out of you know six points. Like <laughs> we have to march down and score a touchdown right. to make up for my transgressions. Like fuck. Yeah. And again, man, I will harp on this all day long. We've got a lot of very young NFL coaches and a lot of young NFL coaches that have learned under other young NFL coaches, right? Look at <laughs> yeah. Shanahan and how many guys he has under his umbrella now, right? right. He's got McVay. He's got LaFleur. He's got LaFleur's brother who's offensive coordinator in Salah. New York. Like, yeah. We're talking about uh, 10 guys in this league that might be under 45 and you date the NFL back 15, 20 years. There wasn't a head coach under 60. You know, like that might be a small exaggeration, but most of these guys had 20 plus years in organizations like Andy Reid, you know, look at that Packers staff under, um, you know, our, our legendary coach. And it's not the same way anymore. So they haven't right. had time to be like, oh, damn, like going forward on fourth really does screw your team. You know, we've got to kick field goals. I think we'll see more of that through the next 10 years. For sure. And I mean, if you see the film on uh, what Mark Andrews said to John Harbaugh after the game, he said it was the right call, coach. They went, he had Harbaugh asked, should we go for the win right now? We can go 
take the field goal or the extra point, you know, get the coin toss, go for it. They said, let's fucking go for it, coach. And when they didn't get it, uh, Mark Andrews walked up to him and just said, don't worry about it, coach. That was the right call. So if I mean, you have your, I, if, I agree. If you have your locker room on your side, people like you and me can go fuck ourselves, right? Like it's opinion with whatever it is, what it is. We're Monday morning quarterbacking. They hit that. They beat green Bay. He's a God, right? Like, well, it's I, easy. I to agree sit with here the from two. Our perspective. And I do, I, I do with the Ravens hundred percent. Yeah. It's the fourth down calls where, you know, you go for four, right. four, three times on fourth down and you miss that. Like I mean, that 12 lose you a locker room. That's a lot though, you know? And, uh, the Ravens also have, you know, cultivated hardball. That is, he is their guy. Yeah. You know, whatever he does, him. he also he's also willing to ask, "What do you want to do here?" Right. And completely off topic, but Rodgers had that opportunity to pass Favre on Sunday night, and he was talking to Lafleur. I'm really hoping that conversation was, "Who do you want to have catch the ball?" Right. You know, who who's the guy? These coaches that are willing to ask their players, you know, what do you want to do? That's huge. That just builds team morale and confidence. And the Ravens love Harbaugh for him. Yep. And, and I think that happened and I think the Packers got cute and that's why they almost lost yes. that game. They were yeah. so busy celebrating their dominance that they almost lost the game and we'll get to them in a second. But speaking of coaches and organizations in football, right? I'm watching the game this week, the games, you know, this weekend, the ones that didn't get postponed. Fucking Mike Glennon's out there starting and I'm watching this guy play quarterback again. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how on God's green earth is Mike Glennon starting for the New York football giants? (laughs) I understand Danny Jones is out. I get it. You know, and I'm sitting there watching him look like shit. Cowboys looking like shit. And Glennon just, he can't even throw a two yard pass to Saquon Barkley. Like it's that bad. And they say, oh, and uh, Jake Fromm is backing up Mike Glennon today. And I, I almost threw the controller. I was like, how the fuck is Jake Fromm not playing? And you know, thought of this segment here and i and we talked about it off air and we want to discuss it here how the fuck are guys like mike glennon how the fuck are guys with all due respect like andy dalton and our guy and we love him but teddy bridgewater how are you putting your franchise in a guy's hands like that trust me i understand you're probably with a jake Fromm, with a tyler hud hunley um you know, young guys like this, you're probably only winning five games. You're not going to go 500. I get it. But you know what you're going to go with Teddy, with Dalton, <laughs> with Mike Lennon. You're not winning anything. And what kind of message is that to your fans, to your team, to the NFL as a whole? That a guy like Mike Lennon, 4-26 and 26 as a starter, has a goddamn job and is starting on Sunday. What the hell, Matt? Well, and I think there's a lot of little pieces to look in here. You know, let's analyze Tyler um, Hunley real quick, right? He fits the offense perfectly. No doubt. Correct. He is not Lamar, but he sure as hell has the ability to run that offense at a very similar rate to Lamar when he's playing at his peak. We saw that on Sunday, right? He played probably the best game for a backup since maybe Matt Flynn. Right. And that's a credit to that organization for having a guy on the roster that fits the playbook. Kudos to them. I don't think Tyler Hunley comes into Green Bay and performs even moderately close to what he did because it's a very different offense. Right. So 
organizations that run a system, draft players, roster players that fit that system. Love it. But that also extends to Denver and Teddy Bridgewater. That extends to New York. Now, New York is a very similar situation to Denver because they're not really sure which direction they want to go. Is it time to give up on Danny Dimes? They, they haven't decided. We've decided right. yes for them. <laughs> You look at Denver, right? Draft positioning. They didn't really feel like they had the opportunity to draft uh, the top tier guys in the draft. Could have had Mac Jones, of course. Chose not to. Could have now, right? Could have got Fields. There were a lot of options for them, but they clearly didn't have confidence in those players. So they were like, okay, we're going to run it back with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, we've got Drew Locke back here, who we're also pretty much not in on, but we're not completely out on yet. So the reason I want to bring both of those teams up is because I think that's the issue with rostering guys like Mike Lennon and Teddy Bridgewater. When you're just when you don't have a plan and you're in the offseason, it's kind of like what what can we put on paper to just make us a little better? Right. OK, Danny Dimes is decent. We if we expect an injury, we'll bring in Glennon. Right now, what I will say about this is Nick Mullins tonight proved yet again there are guys on the street in the offseason that can absolutely win football games. He right. didn't win today, but he almost did. He did. Right. Yeah. Garner Minshew, guys on the street that you can get for a fucking six round pick that can start in this league and win you five or six games. But more importantly, in games that are close, like we just saw Raiders Browns today will win you that game. Probably. I think Minshew easily beats the Raiders today. Yep. So I agree. I think we're, we're looking at shitty ass quarterbacks on teams because they're shitty organizations. They're shitty teams, right? How many times have we banged the drum about the GM for the giants? He's awful. Yep. And the same thing can be said for Elway in Denver. How many quarterbacks has he failed on, right? He just clearly doesn't know how to build a roster around the QB position. So I think a fireable offense is repetitive nature when it comes to quarterback misuse. These guys just how do you swing and miss this many fucking times? For Mike sure. Lennon should not be in the NFL as it's a coach. Unreal. He should be a player. Excuse me. He should be a coach. It's outrageous. It's unbelievable. It's un it's un seeing him was unfucking believable this weekend. I couldn't believe that. And an organization who's shitty and has been doing things wrong, who made it the decision to do something right based on injury, but mm -hmm. was Houston, our fuck our fucking boy Davy Mills. Mm -hmm. He's he can throw the rock. He can throw it, dude. He makes a couple of mistakes. He looked fucking good. I get they played Jacksonville, completely ruined my pick, but <laughs> dude, the kid can play. You know, and why not? Why not give the team some hope? You don't think Brandon Cooks likes catching balls from him? No disrespect to Tyrod. We love Tyrod on this podcast, but we know who Tyrod is. Yep. He's winning you seven games best mm -hmm. at best. And that's the message you're sending to the team day one of training camp. You have this yeah. kid, Davis Mills, who can probably drop a 75 yard bomb, right? He's a little out of control. You know, he's not the best, but he looked great out there. I was so happy to see him perform. And that's the difference on. And this is why I want to talk. I don't get it. Play this kid, Davis Mills. He's a rookie. You know, if the rookies are good now, this isn't fucking 1995 anymore where they need to sit for two years and hand the ball off 45 times. You know, and you'll know after three to five, three to ten starts if they can cut it as a starter in the league. Right. We're getting there with Tua. We're getting there with Justin Fields where you're like, mm, you know, they're there. They're close. But I'd still rather see that motherfucker out there than Jacoby Brissett, than Andy yeah. Dalton, because we know who those guys are. They sit, they come in and maybe win you a game when the starter gets hurt. Maybe. And that's a hard maybe. And well, I, I just don't understand, dude. 
and I think you bring up a good point, right? Like there, while we don't think Glennon should be in the league, there's a place for guys like Dalton and Glennon. Right. And if you remember all the way back to Seneca Wallace, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a place for them right. to come in for a game on a very good football team, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, right? And, and compete, maybe allow the running game or the defense to help win you the game. That's their role. They're not meant to be in, you know, the New York Giants rotation for four or five games right. because Danny Dimes goes down. If I'm one of these organizations like Denver or Houston or New York, what I'm doing is I'm rostering guys like Mike White. I'm rostering three of them, you know, two <laughs> on the not? practice squad, one on the active roster. We're going to let them compete for 10, 12 weeks. And God forbid Danny Dimes goes down or Teddy Bridgewater goes down with a concussion or a groin injury or a neck injury. You know what? I've got four guys. First one doesn't work. You're out. Second one doesn't work. You're out. <laughs> Third one might flash something for right. me, right? What did I say to you on Sunday after the Packers game? I'd trade a second round pick right Easily. now for Tyler yeah, Hundley. Fuck yeah. You know, like get him in there. He might win me six or seven games, but what he's going to do is he's going to. Who knows? Yeah, might win you ten. So, I just don't understand why these bad organizations with un, you know, uncomfortable quarterback positions don't roster younger guys. What the Jets have done, at least they've got guys out there to make you excited. They're not rostering Mike Lennon. They're not rostering Teddy Bridgewater. Like they're rolling with these young kids, hoping they can catch fire in a in a barrel. Right. And when they rolled out Joe Flacco, everyone was like, "Go fuck yourselves Mm -hmm. and go play the other guy." Like, yep. come on now. You know, if you're a team of the league and you have less than five wins and you're rolling out Cam <laughs> Newton, are you yeah. serious? Like, let PJ Walker live. Let him try. Yeah. Who cares? Cam's dead. He's done. Yeah. He's fu- He's yeah. been done. Did you see him last year? He was horrible. He was horrible <laughs> this year. Like, I and I'm a bigger You don't really like Cam. Uh, like, I like Cam. Dude, he sucks. He sucks. He sucks. You know, like... it. He, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the hype train with him, but he fucking sucks. Like, you really gonna run Cam out there? It was dope for one week. It was cool for one week. The first week he came back, I was all for it. Um, we'll see, right? Like, Oakland, well, you know, Cleveland, these teams that are on the fringe. Like, do you go get Huntley? Do you well, resign? The, the, you know, there's all this stuff. The last thing I want to say is, you know, we've been so top draft heavy for most of our lives in the NFL. Draft the first round quarterback, right? right? You know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, some of these guys that were later round picks, Russ in the third, Brady in the sixth, like they proved that you don't need to be a first rounder. I don't think Davis Mills is going to be the next Peyton Manning, but I think (laughs) if they can build an offensive line, you know, they can build a foundation there, get a running game, get a tight end that he can rely on. Davis Mills could absolutely be a starter in the NFL. Right. I think Davis was taken in the third round, if I remember correctly. Davis was a guy in our draft series that we, you know, thought, hey, this kid might be worth a third or fourth round pick. Now, didn't love his arm strength. He's shown that he's got the arm strength. We didn't love the fact that, you know, he had bad knees. He stayed alive in that in that pocket somehow. <laughs> so I guess the last thing I want to say is some of these teams that just get in their heads, top 10 quarterback, top 10 quarterback, we got to take one. Start to think about maybe taking a guy in the third or fourth, taking a guy in right. the sixth, you know, bringing some of the young guys in like we just mentioned in, that are undrafted and just building a roster around what your playbook looks like. And kudos to Houston. Like you said, I I think Davis Mills deserves that shot. I think outside of, you know, anybody on the street, he's the best option for them because why go out and pick up Nick Mullins? If you're Houston, he's basically Tyrod, right? Right. So Davis Mills, I think should be kind of the blueprint for any team in this league that is struggling. Say the giants, you know, say the, the Broncos go draft a couple guys, 
don't necessarily continue to waste first round picks on these guys. Tebow didn't work out. Locke right. didn't work out. Right. Like start to build, start to build a quarterback room and see where that goes. No doubt. And you know, this year, and we'll get to the draft series in the off season, but this might be that year, right? We don't mm-hmm. have this bona fide guaranteed lock of a superstar. And you know, three guys will probably go in the first round teams will reach on them, but you know, how about the kid who plays at Wisconsin, right? The kid who plays at mm-hmm. Stanford, you know, the little low key guy who had a solid season. The kid for was it Western Kentucky just beat fucking Joe Burrow's record for most touchdown passes yeah. in a season, right? Like take a shot on the kid, you know, he might be yep. all right. He might be shit. But if you put a fourth, fifth round pick on him, like it doesn't hurt as bad as trading up or having the fifth pick and or for the Dolphins. Having the second pick, taking Tua, and you, all of us were taking Tua over Justin Herbert, and it backfires, right? Like it happens. Well, and I think about like let's just real quick round it out. Trevor Lawrence, right? Bona fide, yeah, superstar. But there's a lot of drama there. We're not ready to judge him. But- Zach Wilson, not ready to judge him. All those guys, we weren't, weren't, you know, we can't judge yet. And then you look at that kid for the Browns, that linebacker out of Notre Dame. Unbelievable. Fell, right. You got guys getting drafted. Like he's probably going to be a five, six time pro bowler. Look at in this league. Yeah. And it's like you could have had a superstar, but you got excited. You got desperate because you don't have a quarterback room. You don't have two or three guys that can compete. You got nobody. You got Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Or you have Cam Newton. Thank God Mac Jones hit because holy shit, what would they look like if they didn't have Mac Jones? Right. It, it just boggles my mind sometimes that these teams take Trey Lance, number three or four overall. Like, good God, look at San Francisco, how they just taken anybody. Parsons. Parsons. Anybody. Like, yeah. oh my God. Like, holy shit. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy, dude. It, it really is, you know? Football is about hitting people at the end of the day. I do understand that the quarterback matters. You know, you and I better than anybody understand that for the team that we we root for. But and then if you have a jackass like Matt Nagy coaching the team, Lord have mercy. God, dude, I can't believe I haven't gotten an update that he's not fired tonight. I know this wasn't really on the agenda, but Jesus Christ, we'll get it tomorrow, dude. He's we'll, he's we'll out. Hit we'll it get, on we'll get it tomorrow. We'll hit it on the next episode. But yeah, I'm texting some one of my, a friend of mine who's she's she's a hardcore Bears fan, and it's just, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like I hate the Bears. The Bears are probably my least favorite team in the league, and I just sit in there like this is unbelievable. But we'll get we'll get to it on our next episode. I I I'll, I got to plenty to rant about that um <laughs> let's move on to our team and our guy aaron Rodgers. um he's gonna win the super or succeed hopefully the super bowl but he's gonna win the mvp again i mean uh, it's unbelievable unless they want to give it to jt because obviously Rodgers isn't vax so he's a fucking asshole right um <laughs> but the reports have been swirling and coming out a little bit more that pittsburgh and denver like it's gonna happen this offseason so we want to talk about it and we'll start. I want to start with Pittsburgh. We talked about Denver a good amount. Pittsburgh, obviously very good team. Um, I personally don't think their weapons nor their receivers are. I don't think they have a top 10 receiving core nor anything close to it. Deontay Johnson's, you know, he's solid. Claypool's solid. Um, Friar Muth is nice, but, you know, they have Najee Harris and a top 10 defense plus a top five coach. No matter what you think about Tomlin, a guy who's never not gone 500, he's elite obviously. So what are your thoughts on the rumors? Do you think the Steelers 
out of the two teams we're going to talk about, I think the Steelers are closer to an upgrade than the Packers, but how do they compare to the roster, the culture, and, you know, possibly a, a fit for Rodgers? Well, first, I don't think any team's an upgrade. I, I think we <laughs> probably both share that, yeah, right? You're like you're talking right. about going from our roster, which is already injury depleted and has probably seven or eight Pro Bowl caliber players, maybe three or four all pros yep. to a team that you just mentioned, right? Minka Fitzpatrick, Watt, Pro Bowl, all pro guys, yeah, right? Hayward Keenan, in the Hayward, middle. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hayward in the middle, maybe all pro. Um, I, I think he has a chance to compete there. I think he definitely has a chance to win that division. It'll be a little bit more challenging, right? Because he's got to now go up against Lamar. Right. And he's got to go up against Joe Burrow. Thankfully, he's got Baker Mayfield there. So he's still got his Lions to kick around. Um, you know, sorry, Baker. I love you, but God, you just this team. Um, so I, I like the idea of it's competitive, right? Harris, big time addition. Obviously, Packers run game right. is great. He's gonna need that as he gets a little bit older. They're gonna have to shore up that offensive line. Now, I think again, Rodgers' concept of I want to go somewhere else and win is gonna probably lead him out of Green Bay this offseason. I do not think, in my opinion, that Pittsburgh is should be the number one option. I think the number one option should be the next team we're going to talk about here. But I think Pittsburgh definitely gives him kind of a shell of what Green Bay is. I also don't know what their cap position looks like because I think wherever he goes, would, he would love to have Devontae follow him. Right. But you're talking about adding plop, close to $65 million in cap with both of those additions. Right. It's going to be very, very <clears throat> challenging. Right. And that's the other thing. I, I think we'll throw that out of the hypothetical window because, um, you know, reports are and what I'm seeing online is Rogers is going to be the first $50 million man as he deserves. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like mm -hmm. he deserves it. Um, and I agree with you. I think he'd want to court Devonte wherever he's going. And if Devonte is smart, I think he should go with Aaron. Go. If yeah. not, like don't downgrade under a top. You, you go Aaron, you go Mahomes, um, Brady. Other than that, I, I don't think he should go. You know, he should stick with a top tier quarterback. Not saying he wouldn't do good with someone else, but just won't be the same. Um, but I, I like Pittsburgh for him more than Denver, actually, just because of Tomlin. I think that's why, because <laughs> I know you love the Denver head coach. Um, mm -hmm. And I just think the Steelers are second to Green Bay, Green Bay as the historic, well-ran, um, you know, like just football team. And that's a big deal. I think that's a big deal to Aaron. And, you know, Green Bay is the most, in my opinion, this is biased, but most legendary franchise on the face of the planet, maybe outside the New York Yankees. That's about the only team I'll have an argument with. But in the NFL, it goes Packers, Bears are right there. Steelers are right Cowboys. there. Cowboys. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's these few elite franchises out there and Pittsburgh's one of them. And I think Tomlin has the bravado, the personality to bring them over. And I like their team. I think Pittsburgh has a great team. Ben is just dead. Um, and they have a very e easy, winnable division. I know Lamar's there, um, but you put Rodgers in on that team, man. And I think they could go with the top 10 defense. They'd be great. Um, I, I like them there a lot. I think out of the two teams, and we'll jump to Denver right now, I think that's the biggest upgrade. Why do you think Denver's better? Well, there's a lot of things here and a lot of things would have to happen. First thing happening, I think Peyton Manning absolutely needs to oh, like go into the ownership uh, management portion of that organization. Talks are kind of starting to come around. I think it's been about two, three months now. This week, it kind of is heating up that Peyton wants ownership of Denver. Huh. Obviously, you're going to have two Hall of Fame coaches clashing, right? You're going to have Elway and Manning. Right. Both have won a Super Bowl with Denver. 
Uh, I think if Peyton can gain ownership rights, partial ownership, that would be big for the organization. And that would also mean Fick Vangio is gone. Um, <laughs> because if they're going to try and court Aaron this offseason, Fick Vangio is not going to be the head coach. <laughs> I can absolutely guarantee that because I wouldn't go play for that fucking moron. <laughs> um, and that's what he is. Now, I like Denver because you said it perfectly with Pittsburgh. Their offensive weapons are questionable. And I would say Denver's are too, but they have not had a single quarterback even showcase what Sutton and Judy can do. Judy didn't get a goddamn reception this it's past so week. Bad. Not a single reception. The kid was absolutely elite at Alabama. I mean, he was better than Ruggs. He was better than Smith. He was the guy. And you can't even throw him the football. Now, that's because of Teddy and because of Locke. They're just inconsistent quarterbacks. But Correct. You swing that around and look what Javante Williams is doing. You got a clear number one running back, right? This isn't AJ Dillon. This isn't Aaron Jones. You got a guy that's going to touch the ball 25 times a game and he's going to crack you in the mouth. Aaron needs that. The same thing can be said for Pittsburgh, though, with Najee Harris. So you got two very good pieces. I like the receivers, I like the offensive line more for Denver. I also like the fact that their secondary is playing at a high level. I don't really have a good understanding of where their, uh, their defensive line and their linebacking core is. I know their secondary is very, very elite. So the last thing I want to add, though, is Aaron Rodgers chasing legacies. Aaron Rodgers, you know, historical concept. I agree with you to a part with Pittsburgh being the better franchise. There's no question about that historically. But you look at what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. If he can go to Denver and win one, two Super Bowls, oh, my God, two Super Bowls, he <laughs> then shows that, hey, Peyton Manning, I can do it too, right? You know, I have the ability to lead a team, but I think at the end of the day, if I'm looking to win, I'm going to Denver. Like I, I want to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. <laughs> um, I want to play Justin Herbert twice a year. Like I want to prove to the NFL that I'm still the guy. I'm the big dick quarterback. And that's Rogers thing. Yeah, right. I feel so I, I like that we disagree because I think he lands on one of these teams and I, and I think he would look great in that Pittsburgh uniform. I really do. Um, I just think, dude, the long hair wearing, you know, <laughs> number, you know, probably can't have number 12 in Denver because I think that was Elway's number. No, he was um, seven. Bradshaw seven, was so 12 have... for uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. So maybe, maybe okay. he'd let him wear it. Who knows? Either, I don't think Bradshaw way, liked Rodgers, though. Yeah, because he's a fucking crybaby. <laughs> and I'm talking Rodgers here. I ain't talking, you know, our boy. Um <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting, though. And, you know, I'm a big Williams fan. I'm a big uh, Harris fan. I like the running back situation. But both teams are a downgrade, in my opinion, to Green Bay. Green Yo, Bay also God, can't yeah. keep all these players. You know, we're in a two-year window now where Jair is going to be a free agent, you know, and then uh, Gary's going to be a free agent. And then Jenkins is going to be a free agent. Yeah, the, like, you're going to start losing on. guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the reason it's just it's clearly Pittsburgh to me is, and you kind of alluded to this with him, being a big dicker is you really you really want to go against Mahomes. That's who you really want to go compete against. That's really who you want to. And then Justin Herbert, right? Like that's that's really what that's the bed you want to make. Obviously, the Raiders are a layup. You know, we don't need to yeah, really talk sure. about them. That organization's a mess. Um, but that's really who you want to go up four times a year. And same with Pittsburgh, right? That's who you want to go up, Burrow. You want to go up against Lamar four times, even Cleveland with that fucking D line, Miles Garrett. Really? That's what you want to do. Or do you want to stay home? You want to play fucking Kirk Cousins. You want to play Jared Goff. And <laughs> Lord knows Chicago might not fire Nagy. Matt Nagy. Why? <laughs> I don't know. But like, that's what you're going to give up. 
regardless yeah. if if Jair leaves, regardless if you know all these guys here, we're talking about these these really good Packer players that are going to get paid here in the next couple seasons. There's a lot of them, but that, that that's what you want to do. And if he does, fuck him. You know, honestly, um, I don't think he's got it any better anywhere else. You watched that fucking game tonight, and I don't want to get into it too much, but you watch those two teams play, mm. and it's laughable as a Packer fan. It's literally laughable. I get the Vikings beat us. Happens every year. But God, those teams suck. They suck. Well, and the last thing I want to say is I just can't imagine at the end of the year in February, as Rogers had said, I think this past week, right? Or a week, two weeks ago, where this past February was when all of this started to come out with right. the organization. Right. I can't imagine February of 2022, he sits down or it's a Zoom call, whatever, with Goot and says, hey, I'm out. I'm ready to go. And he says, I want to go to Pittsburgh. And Goot's like, okay, you know, we're going to trade you for a six-round pick. Straight up, here you go. I think what Goot's going to say is, okay, you want out? That's fine. We we agreed to this, right? I'm going to trade you where I get the absolute best value. Right. And again, I don't know if he's got a no-trade clause or how that's working. But if I'm good, I say, absolutely. You know, if Houston gives me five first-round picks. I was picks just going to say, you we'll know, go take this shot. And a hand job. Yep. Okay. Like, you know, Houston's <laughs> getting you like, um, because if he's going to leave, fuck the reputation, your right. job is to make the best football team possible. And he has done that perfectly through his tenure. He is the best general manager I have seen outside of this quorum with Rogers. So I just hope that good says, okay, that we're going to make it happen and we're going to send you where we want because we have the control and the leverage. Yeah. And you would think that happens, but I mean, all in my opinion, biased opinion again. Uh, I, I think all signs point to him staying. I, I don't think he's that mad anymore. He can't be. Like they're so good, dude. They're very good at I football, man. They're, but he you never know. Spoken to his, he hasn't spoken to his parents in like ten years. Yeah, maybe this his parents are pieces of shit, though. You know, uh, maybe, man. Look at Mahomes' <laughs> I, family, right? Like maybe yeah. his family's fucked up too. You know, his his brother went on the fucking bachelorette and bashed him. What a douchebag. Fuck him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you, man. who just, does I that? guess my my point was he could very well hold grudges beyond the point of, you know, <laughs> yeah. where they need I to be feel, held. Okay, and okay. Yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying there. But come on, bro. You know, that that's where I'm at is like maybe he is an asshole. Sure. You're an asshole. I'm an asshole. But we also don't know what it's like not being a normal human you know and that's he's yeah. not a normal human if we saw him we'd freak out right <laughs> just like 99 percent of the, the sports fans out there so whatever man we'll see what happens um this podcast is gonna be on fire in the off season again i already know <laughs> um let's talk about last week though well the week's not over yet so basically our pitcher bet's gonna come down to this philadelphia game i have philly at minus nine and a half you have the football team at plus nine and a half. I now that we're here, I feel fucking terrible about it. So we'll recap and <laughs> give congratulations to whoever um, next episode because it's not over yet. But let's talk about a couple of these bad beats from last week. Uh, we've talked about the Packers enough. Worst beat of the weekend. Obviously, we got them at five and a half. Most of the public, when they bet on them on Sunday, had them at seven. It was a lock. And then, like you said, you said it perfectly. Packers defense imploded second really bad beat of the week was arizona the line was huge but them to lose the way they did and by how much holy shit i was texting you live bet the cardinals now 
at halftime and you just text me back and laugh. That was stupid. What happened, <laughs> dude? Holy shit. Um, I didn't watch this game. I watched the box score. I think probably <laughs> most fans were because I'm like, holy shit, is this really happening? Right. Um, but what I saw from the box score was a lack of really an executed game plan. It looked like they allowed Kyler to kind of just go out there and throw the ball wherever. They didn't really get Connor or Edmonds nope. working until the second half. I think they were afraid of Connor's injury. You know, they didn't really want to wear on him. They thought this would be a layup so we can just throw the ball, score a couple touchdowns, you know, laugh our way to the bank. <laughs> And I think that really cost them. Right. Because once the second half hit and Chase Edmonds started running for five, seven, eight yard gains, started to see, okay, like they could have run the ball on Denver and probably controlled this game. And instead, or excuse me, Detroit, instead, Detroit was able to take advantage of some poor throws. You know, their defense was fired up like they always are. Oh, yeah. And Campbell said it perfectly in his post game, you know, conference in the locker room. Like we had second and third string guys step up and do their jobs today. And Kyler Murray without Hopkins is starting to show us a little bit of who he is, which is a guy that doesn't read the field well. He doesn't really always know where he wants to throw the ball, takes a little bit too long in the pocket and gets sacked. So I think the Cardinals are in deep trouble here, not because they just simply lost to the Lions. That's understandable. It, it can happen. But because without Hopkins, Murray's just not the same. Yep. Connor and Edmonds have to be the leading force driving them the rest of the way and allow Kyler to kind of build that confidence back up. And my concern is, you know, AJ Green's your number one now. Rondell Moore has not had the opportunity to work himself into this playbook like he should have because of AJ Green and Hopkins and Kirk. They're in trouble. And I'm not really looking forward to the same Cardinals team in the playoffs that we were a few weeks ago. I, I think they're absolutely beatable and probably easily beatable. Yeah, um, they have three problems. One of them you just mentioned, A.J. Green's their number one guy. Now people will start to respect Hopkins the way he needs to be respected still. Mm -hmm. He is a top. He's the second best receiver in the league. It's not a question. Just because his stats aren't that great doesn't mean he's not. He gets doubled every game. So that's one mm -hmm. AJ green, number one option. And they're not on the same page still since that Packer game, they haven't gotten on the same page Two, their offensive line sucks. It's very mm -hmm. bad. And it's a problem. Kyler was running around for his life against Detroit's backups out there. And mm -hmm. obviously we know he's short, you know, he can't, you know, all that shit, but if their line can't get their stuff together, that's going to hurt Kyler. It's going to hurt James Connor and, um, Edmonds, the run game, it's a problem. He had no time back there all game. Three, they thought they were playing the Kansas Jayhawks. They still have that college <laughs> mentality sometimes that we're going to go out. We're 12 and a half point favorite. We're just going to show up to yep. Detroit, win the game, get on the plane, play our next game that we're actually focused on. You can't do that in the NFL. I, th that ha I think that happened Thursday night when they lost to Green Bay, when they're undefeated. No Devontae Adams, no Jair Alexander. The list goes on of Packers that weren't playing. Oh, their whole starting receiving core is out. We'll be fine. He got beat based mm -hmm. on a, a miscommunication. They shouldn't have lost that game. Shouldn't have lost the game to the Lions. They were down fucking, I think, 17-3 at half, something like that. They're getting their ass kicked. Never came back. Never showed up. Can't do that in the NFL. And those are three big problems. Big. Well, and again, you know, you talk about culture. Um, and I'll harp on this until this team is a playoff team. Yep. but. The Lions and what they're building is You're all just in special. On yep. I'm all in yeah, man, for because sure. you don't go and beat the Cardinals like this and not 
pound that drum of hey yeah. you know like we 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 did this with far far lower players <laughs> and sure. jared goff you know jared had a couple of great throws and that was something that you and i had talked about off air was that you know jared goff it might be proving to be either the guy that rebuilds franchises and you know that re- helps rebuild foundations or might just be the best backup in the league is what you said which years, i also yeah. which i agree with and um just kudos to the lions because yeah i mean god i think at half i thought they've got this yep. you know and it was only, i think it was only a two touchdown game as you just alluded to like what a what a terrible terrible performance for the cardinals but again what i saw more importantly than anything is that hopkins is absolutely crucial to this team yeah. unlike Devontae to the Packers. Devontae's out. Packers can win. Hopkins is out. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. And he's out pretty much the whole season. So yeah. they need to get their yeah. shit together. Um, other bad beat, or I wouldn't even say bad beat, but other surprising one. And we didn't even really get to this yet. Um, Jonathan Taylor, the Colts, mm. dude, uh, Saturday mm. night. We both were on New England, but you said it perfect on the last pod when we were going over the games and analysis is hey, if they can control the run and dominate on the ground. We, we lose this bet. We lose this pick. And yep. they dominated the ground. Patriots made a lot of bad mistakes that cost them the game. And then, I mean, I tweeted it out. They they have to be calling. I don't know if this is true or not, but they have to be calling it the run in Indy because that was vintage Taylor for you and me have been fans of mm-hmm. him since Wisconsin. <laughs> We're Wisconsin guys. Um, the box is stacked. There's literally not a receiver on the field. There's two guys in the hole ready to hit him. He gives them the little one, two, boom, gone. And that, it was it was epic. And texting a friend of mine, he's a he's a Patriot fan, and I was just like, I know you're a Pats fan, man, but that that was fucking sick. Like that that run was just electric, nail in the coffin. You know, season MVP defining moment for Jonathan. Um, that was an awesome Saturday night game, man. That was fucking awesome. Well, I wasn't even you that mad when it lost. better. No, not at all, because you couldn't have said it better. How many times did we see that from JT at Wisconsin? (laughs) Off the top of my head, 10, 15 times Jonathan Taylor would rip one 75, 80, you know, 65 yards with a stacked Big Ten defense box on him because the kid was just an absolute bona fide star. You know, we we knew this in the like coming out of college, the kid was going to be a star. Yep. And uh, I think at this point he has cemented himself now as the best running back in the NFL. Yeah, you know, put year, Christian McCaffrey's sure. injuries aside. Like I'm taking Jonathan Taylor because the kid just put up 170 on the Patriots. And I know I listened to our last pot a little bit before this one to, to prepare, and we were ta- I was talking about Belichick. This was the Colts against Belichick, and Taylor and that Colts defense beat Bill Belichick. Yeah. The Colts defense is bona fide as well they're playing at a high level when you've got your run game going with him and Hines and you got that defense this Colts team is very very, very dangerous don't let very Carson dangerous. throw the ball yeah you knew and they almost lost the game you he was just begging to throw a fucking pig it's like <laughs> dude just take the check down like yeah. the Pats dropped three interceptions got one that got them back in the game and it was just mm-hmm. If they can just control the line of scrimmage, Darius Leonard's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an awesome game. Sorry to interrupt you there, but yeah, dude, that was that was sick, man. I like Indy. And now that I went to that Big Ten championship game, like that stadium is sweet, bro. And it was loud in there. It was loud. Yeah, man, I, I expect to see a lot more of Taylor this season. For sure. We'll see come playoffs, man, because, you know, Derrick Henry had a really good playoff performance last year. Yeah. It, 
it's just very, very hard to continue this this trend of dominance when you get into the playoffs. And there's going to be a lot of competition. But man, Taylor's definitely he's MVP in my eyes. For I sure. think he's more important than Rodgers. I think he's more important than Brady because without Taylor, that, <laughs> that team, team probably fucking sucks. <laughs> like, they're bad. Well, they suck so, the whole first half of the season because they didn't give him the ball. So. <laughs> yeah, um, and you saw what they were, right? <laughs> Um, other team that sucks and why I still think Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league is Tennessee's fucking bad, bro. Their defense <laughs> is, is solid, but Lord, we're seeing Tannehill's true colors, man. He's just, he's not very good. You know, he's a game manager. He needs Henry. Henry, he should donate 20% of his salary to Henry <laughs> because he's indebted to him straight up. I know uh, Julio got hurt. AJ Brown can't stay healthy, but <laughs> the Steelers suck, dude. Ben literally can't walk back there. <laughs> and they still found a way to lose the game, turn the ball over and fuck it up. Um that w- that was a bad pick by me and just I don't know how Tennessee they suck, dude. They're just if well, Henry doesn't come back, they're they just have no chance. And honestly, like I feel a little differently about this than you do because they've the guys they have back there, Foreman and you say Hilliard is Hilliard, that his name? yeah. He's all um, right. They're they're not playing bad. I think I think Foreman had a hundred yards or you know, they're they're putting up good numbers. Like in all honesty, yeah, like, yeah they're not Derrick Henry. I'm not saying <laughs> right, that. I get but what you're saying. I think the biggest problem is Tannehill's just not good, yeah, right? They're it's just either, asking not a Julio. lot of him. It's, right. Yeah, it's not Brown. Like even when they're on the field, he's not hitting them. They're, you know, Brown's a guy that should be putting up 130 and 11 catches a game. Julio should be getting five to eight receptions, 60 to 90 yards and a touchdown. Like Rodgers would make these guys work. Jordan Love would make these guys work. I just think Tannehill is he's washed, man. He He's not what we saw two years ago no. when they gave him that contract. God, no. I don't know if it's the offensive line. I don't know if it's not having the, the safety blanket of, of Henry. But yeah, that team is in deep shit and their luck this season is going to give them a better record going into the playoffs than they deserve. And they're going to run into an absolute wall, whoever they play. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be bad. Well, I mean, they beat the Colts twice, so they're up one loss in the loss column, but they're Mm -hmm. technically up uh, up two losses. So, I mean, that's on the Colts, right? Bad start. And let's get into the, the playoff picture here. So for, we'll start with the AFC since we're talking about them. We got Kansas city, new England, Tennessee, Cincinnati as the division leaders, Indy, LA and Buffalo are in right now. Um, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the first two teams out, but Baltimore plays Cincinnati this weekend. So that's going to, that's going to define everything, right? They're both eight and six Baltimore is one and three in their division though. So that could come back and haunt them. Um, they have a tough schedule moving forward out of everyone in the AFC right now, who, you know, who do you think makes the run, right? There's always one team outside of like Kansas city is the obvious favorite, right? Like if I want to put my money on someone right now, I'm going to put it on KC, but outside of that team, who's going to make the run to really contend and maybe make it to the super bowl outside of them. All right. So what I'm going to do here is a little, a little something different okay. to give you your answer. I'm going to run two through seven and tell you what I think the biggest weaknesses are. Okay. Biggest weaknesses are going to show me ultimately what Kansas city can take advantage of, okay. because I think Kansas city is the clear cut favorite, right? Too. Yep. Yep. So New England, biggest weakness, I think, is the ultimate fact that Mac Jones, I've said this all year, he's a rookie, right? He's a rookie. No one on that team scares me on the offensive side of the ball. And and again, Bill Belichick can win games, so I'm never going to put it past it. But weakness, rookie quarterback. Yep. 
Titans at three. God, <laughs> Tannehill's fucking it. trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even need to go deeper into yep. that. Like he's just he, good luck. Bengals biggest weakness. We really haven't seen a true identity from them outside of Mixon running the ball. Like sometimes Burrow's having to throw it at the end of the day, week after week, they're having to come back on teams. I don't like that. You know, that, that tells me that they're just not at that level. So I would say consistency is their biggest weakness. Colts biggest weakness. It is the fact that Carson Wentz is their quarterback. Now I hate Tannehill. I hate Wentz almost as much. I think Wentz <laughs> might be a little better because yeah. he's got Pittman. You know, he's got Hill and he's got some guys that maybe he can right. get a reception to for 65 yards. The Colts definitely scare me, but they're not my team. Okay. Chargers biggest weakness. Um, you know, it's ultimately making the right call from the coaching perspective. Can they can they convert, right? I think this team has the best chance to beat the Chiefs outside of my last final team. I think the Bills are the most dangerous. <laughs> I think if they can figure Go out Bills. to run the ball effectively, there's a very good chance that they could be the team that challenges the Chiefs because, again, you look at the game that they just played last week. They came all the way back. You know, they played, they played great football. Now, Singletary ran a little bit more this week. Allen's got to get healthy. But I think of all of these teams, out of all of these teams, the Bills have a chance because their biggest weakness is their coaching and their, their ability to run the football. Yeah. We've seen it a week ago that when doing it properly, they're a complete football team. So the Bills scare me the most. Yep. Um, and, you know, two massive matchups in uh, this playoff run this weekend. Patriots, yep. Bills, Baltimore, Cincy, right? We're going to learn a lot about all these teams here. Um, if I had to pick a team myself, honestly, I think it's Indy. And mm. I completely agree with you. I I don't trust Wentz. He is a wild card. <laughs> and he'll be the reason my pick's trash. But I think their defense is probably second, third best behind New England. But they don't have the yeah. rookie quarterback, right? And I think they have the best player out. This is Kansas city outside of Kansas city. I think they have the best player. I think JT is yep. on another level level right now. New England can't stop him. Tennessee can't stop him. Since he can't stop him. Chargers can't stop him. Buffalo fucking get four teeters to him. Baltimore's, <laughs> you know, banged up, right? I don't Who's going to stop him. Can Kansas city stop him? I don't know. Yeah. He can play no, I, in bad weather. He can play in good weather. Yeah. You know, and if they take the lead, run the ball, they've got a shot. Um, realistically, though, it's probably Buffalo. I think you're right. And I'm still going to stick with my pick. You know, I got Buffalo Packers. That's what I got. And Buffalo, uh, yeah. all they have to do is run the ball. I mean, I don't even really want to talk about it on here anymore because I think it's strung out between the <laughs> two of us. I was tweeting about it, arguing with Bills fans on Twitter. Like, it's fucking unbelievable. I said, this motherfucker needs to get fired again. We're, we're <laughs> saying second quarter, they're twiddling their thumbs against Carolina. <laughs> Singletary gets a rush, 20-yard touchdown. I'm like, are you fucking, what the? <laughs> I don't get it, dude. And I get yeah, that well, I'm not I'm... a coach, but you got to help Allen out. Jesus, and that... dude. And that's why I'm picking the Bills because I would say the Chargers are probably my second team to really challenge KC because we've seen them beat them. Right. But I think Josh Allen is just he has MVP on him when right. he's on. You yeah. know, when he's on, look he's at on. how he when he's on, he's on. Right? Because they played the Chiefs last week, correct? Right. That was the yeah. team they went toe to toe with. They almost came all the way back. Yeah. So when Allen's on, he's on. 
obviously the big concern is the injuries, right? I, I, I like your pick. I like my pick. We're going to see. We're we're four weeks away from this kicking off. Yep. And then let's get to the NFC. So you and I are both in agreement. The Packers are the best team. Um, I mean, someone come on the pod and debate us because as of right now, it's not. I don't think it's a debate. I, I really. I don't. would have disagreed with you going into this sure. week. I would have taken the Bucks, sure. but yeah. with with their injuries, with Godwin's now, injuries, now. and Evans no. and Fournette. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. No. Not not as of today. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas is two, Tampa's three, Arizona's four, Rams are five, uh, San Fran six, Minnesota seven. Uh, we got New Orleans eight, Washington, Philly, whatever. Um, out of those seven, I'm gonna go first this time. I, I want to hear you run through your weaknesses, but I want to give you my um the team I'm scared of. Like, let's just be real about it. Right now, it's not Dallas. I promise you that. That offense looks bad. They aren't going to play anyone. They're going to play Arizona as the only team they're going to play the rest of the season. We'll see how they look then. We'll see who Arizona is by that time. That's in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the team I am most scared of is still Tampa Bay. I the, Evans is going to come back, right? He's going to be. This is for playoff time. Evans will be back. Gronk is still there. Lenny will be back. And the difference is why I'm still scared of them is their defense is finally going to get healthy and they're getting a Brown. Like they still have the best roster on paper. End of story. And at the end of the day, Green Bay hasn't showed they could stop them yet. I know they haven't played this year. The only team that shows they could slow them down is the Saints. So I still think Tampa is the most dangerous team. I'm one of those people that's like, until you knock the champ out, I'm taking the champ. And still right now, it's it's Tampa. Yeah, and I think that's a very fair concept I, i'm going to take a different team here Second but we'll run team, through the weaknesses San Fran, by the way yeah so san francisco is going to be my one okay um when, hell when we yeah. get there and, and this isn't the best team in the nfc i'm going to be picking these teams like i did the afc to knock off the packers okay so uh cowboys biggest weakness consistency their defense yeah. in my opinion overrated i think they've gotten very lucky they've played some bad teams they're four turnover stretch they're playing bad quarterbacks right and at the end of the day, that's going to come to an end. It's going to end when you play Brady, when you play Rodgers. Like, you're going to finally see what they are. And if you have the same issues on offense that they've been having with Kellen Moore's play calling, right? God, it's going to be it's going to be a bad day for Dallas. So, right. Dallas number two, they're pretty sitting pretty. Tampa Bay biggest weakness. It's what is this offense going to look like in the playoffs? You're right. Evans is going to be back. How what's Gronk's health going to look like? Right. Godwin's out. Is a Brown going to be in and out of the lineup? You know, like he was last year. Or is he going to be healthy? Um, but I think with Godwin's injury, it's a massive blow. And we saw Brady really implode. We talked about that off the air. Brady looked like he did in that last year in New England. And even with Evans being there, you know, Jair can match up against him. Lattimore can match up against him. You know, some of these elite corners, Jalen Ramsey can match up on him. Now you're going to force Brady to throw into Gronk and Antonio Brown. Can you get the pressure like the Saints did last night? Because if you bring the pressure, Brady's fucked. So... We'll see what happens with Tampa Bay, Arizona. I don't even need to touch on that. We talked (laughs) about that. At this point, they're pretenders in my mind. Uh, The Rams, right? Uh, I think biggest issue with with the Rams is the fact that, you know, outside of the big names that they're paying, we know what they are. At best, they hang around with the best team. You know, maybe they can get a turnover or two and win that game, but I just don't see them as being able to uh, beat Green Bay. Finally, it's the team that you just mentioned, and it's my biggest fear, uh, San Francisco. They are are they are the Packers' nemesis going on 20 years. <laughs> and I think their it's biggest weakness... That, but yeah. 
yeah, I mean, ultimately that Steve Young, you know, team, um, their biggest weakness is something I had talked about off the podcast, which is the fact that they're really leaning heavy on a few guys, Kittle, our boy Debo, Fred Warner, a lot of weaknesses on that team. If all of these guys stay healthy and go into the playoffs, I think in a one game playoff, they can beat Green Bay. I think they force Rodgers into some, you know, questionable throws. I think they frustrate Rodgers. I think they definitely have the ability coach wise to get in Rodgers head. Now, I don't think they have enough to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think they can beat Rodgers and Brady. I think they can beat one of them. And I think teams should be very, very, very afraid of the 49ers because, you know, they they have the pieces. They're healthy finally. Their defense is finally starting to show what it was a couple of years ago. Bose is actually coming back strong. Yep. So the 49ers are my biggest uh, you know, fearful team. And the Vikings, I don't yeah, even want to talk they, they about them. Be they are, they won't be they, the it'll be this it'll be the Saints. Yeah. It'll definitely be the yeah. Saints. And the Saints can beat the Bucks, but I think that's probably the only team they can beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say don't forget to mention Nick Bosa. I'm pretty sure he's got like 14 sacks or something. He's going mm-hmm. the fuck off. He's back. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, San Francisco's dangerous. You know, we don't like the Niners as Packer fans, but I mean I hate that I like them so much this year. I really do. I just I like I like their team. They're a very good team. Yeah. They're a scary team. Um, if Jimmy doesn't make mistakes, they can beat anybody. Hundred percent. I I fully mm-hmm. agree with you. I just you know I take the I took the obvious the easy route on that one, right? Tampa, but you know I get they just got shut out, blanket, embarrassed, but they're fucking good. Don't forget it. Their line, well, their their team is elite. They had three elite wide receivers, yeah. and Godwin's and they all went injury, out in one game, so it, it completely changes. Like uh, my most feared weapon on that team was Godwin. It wasn't Evans. It wasn't Antonio Brown. It wasn't Gronk. It wasn't Fournette. It was Godwin because, at the end of the day, if everybody else is covered, he's open. Godwin's open. Yeah, you know, like in in man that ACL tear that that could devastating. Be, you know, altering. It could have been completely changing of the profile. So yep. very sad. He never like his career's that, but... fucked. He took they, they yeah. franchise tagged him. Yep. He's fucked. Yep. Yep. He's not yep. getting the money he deserves next year. That's for sure. No doubt about 80 it. 80 million out the window. It sucks. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. So we'll be back Thursday, another episode. We're gonna preview Thursday night football and basically all the games for this week. Um, round out the pitcher bet, talk about these Tuesday games. Hopefully they're good. Um, you know, don't be surprised if the Rams freaking lose to Seattle. This week's just been crazy. And so we'll go over that. We'll go over. Th- I got to talk about the Bears, dude. I have to. Like, we're going to talk about the Bears, Nagy, and he's probably going to be the coach still by the time we record, which I don't understand. So we'll get into that. A couple other things. And, um, yeah, we have a couple topics we we're excited about already for our next episode. As always, you know what to do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at pitcher bet pod and you'll have another episode out thursday in a couple days you all have a good rest of your day cheers